the Farm Advisory Service podcast. Audio advice on livestock, crops and soils, environment, rural business and more. Brought to you in association with the Scottish Government. In the final podcast in the two-part Managing People series, we will look at the opportunities that the pre-apprenticeship scheme provides to farmers in relation to employing people and also hear from a mentor business within the scheme about their experiences. So hello, Michael. Hello there. So can you just first of all explain a little bit about what the pre-apprenticeship scheme involves? Yeah, so the, the, the pre-apprenticeship scheme, uh, it's, it's called the, the land-based pre-apprenticeship scheme. It started up in the northeast through the Machinery Ring, Ringlink Scotland back in 2013, and it was it was initially named the Internship, um, and they run it for four or five years before it was rolled out nationally for the first time last year. And really, the, the idea is to to try and counter the, the lack of young people coming into the industry and give a, a, a route to uh, a scheme that is basically uh, ent- entry level. Um, it targets 16 to 21 year olds um, and offers them a six six month paid work placement uh, on a farm or a land based uh, uh, land based job. Um, so it doesn't need to be farms. It's typically farm farming, gamekeeping. Uh, there have been students have gone into golf courses, quarries, livestock markets. So really anything in the land-based sector, uh, and just to encourage uh, new entrants. Uh, doesn't need to be students with farming or a, or a land-based background. Um, it's to just encourage young young blood into the into the sector. Excellent. Yeah, I think that's a, a good point you make there. That you know the people that you've got interested in applying don't necessarily need to be from a farm or from a farming background that the scheme offers you know fantastic training opportunities so I think that's great to get some some new blood um, into the agricultural industry rather than relying on those that that come with a farming background. So on that note sort of how successful has the scheme been so far obviously you mentioned it's now rolled out nationally that's obviously a good sign that it's worked and it's um, you know been proven successful. Yes, yeah, so last year was the first year Borders Ring got involved um, and we worked alongside Ringlink up in the northeast and Tarf Valley down in the southwest. So um, it was Scottish Government funded um, through Skills Development Scotland and the the placements, um, so the, the rings are involved in matching the, the student candidates with a mentor a mentor business. Um, and that's a crucial a crucial step is, is getting a good match um, with with the, with the businesses. It's got to be geographically close because quite often the candidates are um, you know they're not driving yet. They've maybe just left school at sixteen, so do need do they rely on a lift to, to go to their work placement? Um, but no, it's been a success. Last year, um, we had five five candidates came through the the borders scheme. Uh, there was about seven through uh, the southwest, and Ringlink had about twenty twenty five in total. Um, so yeah, the numbers are increasing each year. Um, this year has been more of a challenge uh, with COVID. Uh, but we were we were one of the very few schemes that kept going, and through a lot of discussion between ourselves, Scottish Government, Lantra, we managed to keep the scheme going. Um, and this year we've upped the numbers again. So uh, Ringlink have got twenty eight candidates in the northeast, Borders have five, and Tarfali have ten. I think it is in total. 
Excellent. No, it's fantastic that you were able to keep the keep the scheme going and the the challenging times that we found in ourselves in this year, but also that you know it's increasing again next year. I think that shows there's probably a, there must be a real demand um, for it within the agricultural industry and for giving you know people that um, step onto the the ladder, so to speak. So, how then can a farming business get involved in the pre-apprenticeship scheme? Yeah, so if I mean, we're always looking for mentors, and that, that's one of the biggest challenges of the scheme is getting the match up with the candidates with a with a, a land-based business. And um, quite often, we would have candidates applying in one area of a region and mentors coming forward in another. So we're always looking for a big bank of of mentors. So we. My advice would be if, you, if you're interested in becoming a mentor for the scheme is contact your local machinery ring and put your name forward. You, you may not get a match this current year, but if, if the ring has your name for a, for a following year, um, then it's, it makes it much easier to get that match depending on where the candidates apply from. Um, so we're looking for you know a variety of businesses. We, we want businesses to come forward that support bringing young people into the industry. Um, it's not just an easy way of getting labour. You know they, they've got to be prepared to shadow the young people when they are on that work placement. It's a six month work placement. Um, timing wise, it usually starts in uh, June, so there'll be a, a three a three week induction. Um, we've, we've partnered with SRUC and Borders College locally in the borders. Um, in a normal year, um, pre COVID, what the plan would be would be there would be a one week induction at Borders College, and then there would be two weeks residential at Barony College, and then in the southwest where the the candidates would meet up with the. Um, the Southwest group. Um, so that's good. It, it, it gets them meeting other candidates on the course. They get that social bond um, and they're on the college farm down there. So out with the class time and the practical things they're doing, doing during the day, they get a chance to do farm visits in the evening, other workshops maybe such as welding. Um, so they do that two-week uh, induction. So the training, uh, that's the Scottish government funded part. Um, the training is all front-loaded. So they would they would do their their three uh, three-day tractor driving course, three-day telehandler, um, first aid and manual handling, all when they're in the two-week induction. Um, and then they usually go on to farm mid start to mid July for their six six month work placement, um, and that's a paid placement. So the the students are taken on by the machinery ring. So we take care of all the paperwork, employment paperwork, um, the the timesheets and the payroll. Um, so the farmer doesn't need to, or the land based business doesn't need to worry about um, the, those employment issues or, or um, paperwork. And then there's a there's a timesheet processed and an invoice sent out to the farmer on a on a weekly weekly basis. Um, so yeah, we're looking looking for businesses that are willing to take young people on, willing to spend time with them, um, and either the, the the mentor farmer or a member of their staff to take time and shadow those young people through uh, through their through their work placement, and hopefully offering as much variety in that work placement as they can, you know, so they can they can learn and um, ask ask questions as they're as they're going. Yeah, certainly. No, I think it's a, a very good point that you make. Um, it shouldn't just be seen as a, a way to get an extra pair of hands for, you know, busy times of the year. You have, you know, 
the land-based businesses have to be prepared that these people are coming with quite limited training maybe although they've got their you know some of their tickets and such like there's still a lot of experience and a lot of things to learn so I think that's a, a very good point um, that you make that's, there. That's right they are, they are coming in quite green and if, if, the, if, the, if the host businesses can accept that you know half the battle is if they're, if, if they're, if they're keen and willing to learn that's half the battle and I think being a mentor can be huge, hugely rewarding if there's a good match between candidate and mentor and you know, the, the success rate of the programme speaks for itself. You know, over 80% of candidates that start the, uh, the scheme complete and 50% of those uh, would stay on with their mentor business, um, you know, in, in, in full-time or part-time employment. Yeah, that's, yeah, an excellent success rate. And I think really maybe emphasises the benefit there to businesses taking in somebody at that um, pre-apprenticeship level and, you know, getting them so used to their, you know, business and maybe their particular enterprises, I think definitely does, um, you know, stand that business in, in good stead. And it's great to see that so many of them are obviously keeping their uh, their pre-apprentices on. Um, would that sort of be what you'd maybe say would be one of the main benefits? Obviously, it's excellent as well, I'm sure, for many farmers that you do take on the some of the administration um, aspects for them. But would the sort of other main benefit be that you are getting somebody who's still got a lot of experience to learn and you can maybe mould them um, a little bit? Or what would you say are the other benefits of employing a pre-apprentice? I, th I think that's that's it. You, if you've got somebody that's that's showing will showing willingness to learn, uh, you you can definitely mould them. They're, they're not coming with bad habits, um, and you, you know there's a, trying to encourage them to ask questions and and giving them varieties. The the key. I mean, quite quite often, um, if we're speaking to potential mentors, they might be worried that they can't offer them enough work for that six month period. Um, there is flexibility there and you know in the past we have had a situation where maybe two neighbours um, share the pre-apprenticeship so they're you know at certain times of the year they'll be on one farm or they might be on one farm half a week and then go over to the neighbours for, for the second half and that that's great for, for both parties because it, it's, it's flexible it also gives a young person more variety and the experience of working for, for two different businesses as well um, yeah, and yeah certainly Quite quite often it can suit a business. You know that we all know that the average age of farmers and farm workers are is increasing, and quite often it's a it's a good option for 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 land based businesses that are looking at succession planning. You know they might have a worker that's come up coming up to retirement, and that worker might be a great a great mentor in in themselves. Um, so there could be an overlap in the run up to that retirement where a young person could be taken on in the business and. Um, shadowed um, during that six-month period. Yeah, no, I think that's an excellent point. It's often not thinking what you know the main farmer or landowner or manager can provide in a mentoring, but also thinking what mentoring skills there are within their other staff there who will, in many cases, have many years um, of experience. Yeah. But yeah. Um, what you were saying as well about the flexibility and who they work with, I think I did think that that might be a concern for some businesses obviously with the seasonality in farming some you know can't necessarily provide um a lot of work or you know throughout a, a six month period so that's great that if there are you know um, people close by that are both prepared to become mentors then yeah that certainly is um good flexibility from the land-based business side but also a great advantage to the the pre-apprentice and the variety of work they're then going to get 
that's that's right. And the, the mentors are, are, are fully supported through you know in the run up to the work placement and and through it as well. You know we we have a, a very good partnership with Borders College SRUC locally Borders College, we, we, we work with them to provide a, a mentors workshop. Um, so all the mentors will meet up before the work placements start in June. And they, we just go through, um, you know, what's expected of them as a mentor. Um, there'll be some tips in, involved in, you know, instructional techniques, because in, in some cases, some of the businesses maybe won't have employed a new person for a number of years. So it's quite useful for them to to discuss these issues in amongst a group and, and pick up some handy hints really uh, going, going forward. Yeah, yeah certainly employing a new, a new person can be a very daunting task if you're not in the in the habit of doing it. So I think certainly a platform and a place to ask questions, I'm sure, um, will be invaluable to the mentors. That's, that's right. What would you say are the particular reasons that um, sort of land-based businesses contact you looking to become a mentor? Is it concerns like you mentioned about increasing age in workers or an increase in workload and they're looking to kind of bring new people in? I, th- I think that's right. Yeah, I mean, there's there's businesses there, as I mentioned, you know, six, succession planning. They've, they've maybe got workers due for retirement in the next few years. Um, there could be a change to their their, their, their farm business where they're, they're needing extra extra staff um as well so no the, the it, it gives them it gives them that option and it's it's a structured scheme um where there there is help you know there's help for the mentors um to get started and there's also the funding you know that which is definitely an incentive you know the the fact that the pre-apprentices are getting put through these lantra courses uh, at the front end um it's keeping it's keeping them right it's it's training them properly before they go into the work placement and hopefully instill in the right um sort of uh, health and safety uh, values with, within the business and the young person uh, going, going forward um so as well as the as well as the induction training in the three weeks prior to the work placement there's a there's a further 500 pounds worth of funding um goes towards the the, the placement uh the six month placement so um the mentor can discuss with their uh their, their student you know what 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 other relevant training might be suitable for for them and the workplace so it might be if they're on a on a sheep farm they would want to do an additional um ktv quad bike course or if they're more mechanically minded you know there's there's options maybe to do a welding course or you know things that are maybe more relevant to that that placement um, so again that's a that's of value to both both parties as well um and it's a it, definitely an incentive for the for the scheme yeah. Absolutely, yeah. It's given it's letting the students learn a new skill, but it's also potentially maybe filling a gap um, within the uh, the current team uh, at that land based business. Um, so certainly, yeah. And I think the there's two sides again in um, to that structured scheme. It's not only that there's support there for the mentors, but it's also like you say, the students are getting off on a strong start. You know, starting with those that training period and and getting their qualifications um, in certain areas before they're then um, starting on farm. So yeah, it's certainly, it's a, a well, good format um, that's yeah. in the scheme, certainly. That's right. And I, th- I think as well, they've, um, it, it, it's, a, it's, it's a stepping stone into the industry and it, you can see a, a recognised sort of pathway through the through the sector, if if people want to progress, you know, the you know, some some uh, pre apprentices might be quite happy to you know, take on a full time job 
on that mentor farm um, at the end of the six months. Others may want to progress to the, the modern apprenticeship at the local college or, or go f- further on and do you know, an HND up at SRUC. So there's, there's that route that they can see uh, and, and it helps them plan out their, their future, future career. Um, and I think that's, yeah. that's what we would encourage with the mentors as well, um, you know, that is, is to encourage them to involve them in the business. You know, there's, there's obviously the day-to-day work on, on, the, on the land-based business, but it's also involve, involve the young people in other, um, other things that are going on in the business as well. So, you know, one example might be, you know, if the, if, if the farm, for example, is having an audit or they're going to the market, you know, in, involve the young person and explain why you're, why you're doing these, these audits or why, why you're doing with, with things the way you do. And so they can have a, a broader understanding of the, of the business. So it's, uh, it's yeah, in, involving them in as much and giving them as much variety as possible, really. Yeah, certainly. I think both from the point of view of getting them as much experience as possible, but probably also it makes makes them maybe feel more valued within that team you know if they are being included in things for example maybe audit preparation or just being able to see you know what's going on in all the areas I think I'll definitely from a from a morale point of view um, will definitely be excellent also. That's that's right, and certainly on farm, you know, the the, the six month uh, placement, they're they're not getting a full insight into the full calendar year. So quite quite often, the the candidates would be taken on. There's no obligation for the mentor farm businesses to keep them on after the six months, but quite often they will. They might move to an ME at a local college, and therefore, if they get a further six eighteen months, they're they're seeing the full calendar of the farming year as well, um, and just just broaden that experience. Yeah. Certainly. And if so then just talking there about um the students moving on to then the modern apprenticeship, there's obviously um practical elements involved in that and could they then return to the business that they did their pre apprenticeship with to continue the practical elements or is it then a separate you know, application and, and scheme system? No, it, it fits quite well. I mean, last year we had uh, two two students um, that finished their peer apprenticeship in in December, and they were able to join because it covered some of the units that the ME would cover from August. They were able to join the existing ME class in January at, at Borders College and slot into that ME, and it was. Uh, yeah, really seamless tr- transition, and they were able to stay on their existing mentor farms. You know, they, they'd got on really well, and the, the the farms were happy to keep them on. Um, so they'll be there for another year to eighteen months and uh, doing the, doing the ME. Um, so it just it, it worked really well. Yeah, excellent. It is a, a seamless fit, and like you know, it does really allow that uh, mentor business to build a relationship. You know, with that young person, um, and yeah, which is excellent. Moving away then slightly maybe from the apprenticeship side of things, from the sort of perspective of the machinery ring and the things you get involved in, do you have you noticed any trends in the number of businesses that are putting staff forward for training courses? Do you think it's becoming a larger part of farming businesses in the country? It, it is, Mary. Yeah, we, we've. I mean, our trading side of the business is um, is certainly growing. Um, I, I would like to think that training on on farm businesses now is, is seen as a as a, a, a crucial investment in their business and their staff, rather than a than a cost. Um, you know, we're, we're certainly seeing. Um, 
the you know the legislative training that's required, whether it's forklift spraying, chainsaw. There's there's much more in terms of uh, new new training and refresher training getting done, and I, th- I think that's probably partly driven by farm insurance companies are maybe a bit more. Um, you know, you know, when they're doing their annual annual insurance reviews, there maybe there's a bit more push just to check what insurance is in place on farm businesses. Um, so yeah, we're 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 land to register like all the all the rings that offer training, and uh, we would we would try and put on courses locally um, where where we can, um, and try and spread the cost of the instructors by getting you know a, f- a few candidates on the course. Um, but yeah, the the, tra- the training is, a, is certainly growing a growing side of the of the business. Excellent. Yeah, and I think it's a very valid point you make about, um, you know, maybe the opinions of some uh, farmers and business owners now changing to see training more as an investment or a cost. I think in this um, podcast, we'll hear about it from others who are currently employing and actually they noticed the the benefit um, when they did send their employees on a training course. And that actually it helps maybe in a lot ways towards sort of staff retention and making them feel a valued part of that team and being given the trust to attend that training course that their boss isn't at and that becoming their little you know niche within within the business so I think it certainly is I think opinions are moving away now from more looking at the cost and thinking oh geez that's expensive to actually thinking well where else in the business is, is benefiting from that initial outlay. Def, definitely, and I think the yeah there, there was definitely you know a few years ago there probably more resistance from maybe the farmers and their workers, but it's it can be quite rewarding when you see some of the the staff going away from a training course and they were they were maybe a bit resistant when they came in the door, but they they go away and they've they've definitely picked something up there and um you know some some new ideas or just 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 a refresher really um yep definitely. Well, thank you very much, uh, Michael, for taking the time to to talk to me today and providing a really interesting and informative insight into um, opportunities for employing people. Some really detailed information there about how the pre-apprenticeship scheme works, which I think will be useful for uh, many to understand um, what goes on behind the scheme and what opportunities um, there are um, within it. Thank you, Mark. Following our chat with Michael about how the scheme operates, we will now hear from Bill Smith from Byers Farm in Murrayshire about the hugely positive experience he had with the apprenticeship scheme. So hello, Bill. Hi, good afternoon, Mary. How are we doing today? Yes, grand, thank you. So first of all, could you just explain a little bit about your farming enterprise and what staff you have on farm? Yeah, sure thing. Uh, what we are, we're a, very much a, a traditional family farm. Um, up until we employed the apprentice, we were all family labour uh, with uh, occasional casuals coming in at busy times. Um, what we actually do in the farm is we're involved with um, cattle, sheep, pigs and malted barley. Uh, we have about 200 suckler cows, um, what we would class ourselves as breeder finishers. We have about 300 sheep with all the lambs generally sold fat off the grass in the summertime. Uh, we have 850 acres of malting barley and space for 4,500 uh, wheeler pigs on a, a bed and breakfast system for a company called Caro. So, yeah, so there's a, lot of, there's a lot going on. And like I say, up until The Apprentice came, everyone, any employed staff were generally casual labour through kind of sowing and lambing time and at harvest time. 
so yeah, so it was um, a lot, a lot going on, kind of thing. So it was good. Yeah, no, that is um, really interesting. Yeah, you can certainly see with all those enterprises why um, you were maybe looking for an extra pair of hands. And how did you find the process of securing a apprentice? It was quite a, it was quite a, it was quite a funny story actually. Um, it kind of came around in a, in a roundabout kind of way to coin the phrase. What had happened is um, we were expanding our pig numbers and there was a an old outlying steading which is kind of surrounded by houses uh, which was going to get filled with pigs. So I kind of I plucked up the courage and I thought, right, I better go around the neighbours and just explain what's happening. Because, you know, the neighbours' houses are really close to this building. Uh, some people were like, oh, okay, pigs, fine. Uh, but when I came past uh, this house, uh, which happens to be Brianna's house, because uh, well, Brianna's our apprentice, I... Um, so I trapped in the door, was speaking to her mum, and I said, well, I hope you don't mind us pigs going into this building next door to you. And she was very much, oh, no, that's not a problem. Well, by the way, when you're here, my, my daughter would like to work for you. I'm like, oh, okay. So um, so that's pretty much how we fell in with our apprentice. Um, so from that day, I just suggested to her mum uh, that when... You know, Brianna had, has had a thought about what she wanted to do, and we're just going to go through the process in the you know the proper formal way, which was just to speak to Ringlink and you no, know, just go through the whole process with Ringlink. Um, and uh, yeah, it kind of that's how it came about, kind of thing. We were we were looking for extra staff on the farm, but it was it felt like a really big step to go from all family labour to employing people full time. Um, and then some basically stumbled across Brianna and thought, well, why not? Kind of thing like so it was yeah, so that's that's how that happened. And just yeah, she's just a, a tremendous asset to the team and to the business. Um, and it's quite amazing because she's not from a farming background. Um, uh, there's no farming connections other in our family other than just being in the countryside. Um, so it was quite refreshing to find a young person who was kind of keen to learn and keen to get into the industry. So it kind of felt like it was good for us and it felt like it was the right thing to do, just giving a young person just a stepping stone to get some experience to hopefully stay with us for a long time. But if they don't and they want to go into other other things, well, I've now got experience anyway, so it was good. Yeah, no, that's um, really interesting, actually, how how it came about. But I think you uh, make a good point. It can be a daunting um, experience going from the first time from all family labour to actually looking to employ somebody and maybe the worries and concerns about uh, not finding um, the right person. So, yeah, you certainly seem to have been, been lucky in stumbling across somebody um, so close to the door who's oh, clearly fitted in um, very well with you. Well, no, yeah, no, definitely. And I suppose I must say, Brianna, when she joined us, she was only 16. Um, so it was kind of really going against the grain, I think, in regards to, you know, farming, um, with Brianna being, you know, let's say a lady coming into the, what you say, the, the grassroots section, you know, part of farming kind of thing. Um, I don't really know of many people in our area employing, you know, uh, Fe uh, females or ladies—that's the right term. But it kind of, no, it was just—it was just totally different, and I just—it just felt the right thing to do, and it felt good. And she certainly just kind of 
brought a different angle to things. And yeah, but I think it was a, the daunting thing was just, I suppose, A, can, you know, is it financially viable? And then, you know, it's always the whole, do you have enough work for them kind of thing? Because I think you can be tunneled visioned because you've just spent so long working with yourself and family labour. It can, yeah, so you're just going to, you feel that, oh, that's someone out with the family coming in. So I must admit, the, the first Monday morning was was different kind of thing. Like you've kind of, you've really got to know what, you know, what's going on and what's needing done. And no, it's not just a case of, right, this is what you're going to do today. It's a case of, especially with someone like Brianna, who's like really efficient and can do, get a lot done. It's just a, a list of jobs. And then, right, you know, you, if you get through the first one, just go into the second one and you don't need to keep, you know, phoning me to see to see what's next and what, what else is happening. So, no, it's a, it was a learning experience for everyone, but it's all working very well. Excellent. And speaking there about obviously the fresh sort of vision that you felt having an apprentice uh, coming in that wasn't, you know, a family member, would you say that was sort of one of the main benefits that you find having apprentices had on your business? Or would you say there's others as well? Um, it's, it's, it's difficult to... It's difficult to, to, to say, really. Um, I mean, I think the advantages that Brianna's brought is just, she's really just keen to learn. Um, and our business was at the point where everyone was probably doing too much um, and it was just difficult for people to get time off or go on holidays or get proper time with their own families. Um, so having someone who's not family-related, you know, who's not part of the family, um, just gives you a, it's what we're trying to say, it's kind of, it's, it's a different angle, if that makes sense. It's easier to, you know, basically if you have family functions and everyone has to go to a family function, there's still someone on the farm and you're not relying on friends and neighbours kind of thing. So it just feels, it just feels more professional now. Um, and it's, yeah, it's been a great step forward. Excellent. So yeah, just giving you much more um, flexibility in, in what you do and clearly, you know, the business is benefiting from Brianna's enthusiasm. Um, yeah, it is great. Um, I think young people get a bad rep these days, I think. Um, you know, I think a lot of people are like, oh, they're, you know, they're not wanting to work, they're not keen to learn, but I must admit, we've never found this with Brianna. Um, she's very conscientious, uh, she's very, very competent. And uh, like I say to Brianna, it's like, you know, I wouldn't ask her to do a job I wouldn't do myself, um, whether that's power washing out mucky pig buildings or rogue and wild oats. Um, you know, they're the kind of horrible, kind of boring kind of jobs, maybe. Um, but to someone like Brianna, she's not fussed. A, jo a job's a job. It's just if it needs done, it needs done. And she just does everything to the highest level kind of thing. Um, and her attention to details attention to detail is great um, and it's good to have her around because she's you know she likes things proper and neat and tidy and washed which I must admit when you get busy and you think oh well maybe getting the tractor washed and just brushing that up just doesn't come to the top of the pile but yeah there's something like someone like Brianna it's just kind of like you know it's great just you need some, a different set of eyes and a different thought process going on it's quite good yeah, definitely. And when sort of Brianna first started with you, was it was it sort of yourself that took on the sort of role of um, training, or do you 
does she work with all the family members in the team based on what tasks she's working on or did you just not come up with a plan for that and just thought let's see how this goes well generally how, how we work i look after the barley and the pig side of the business and my brother looks after the the suckers cows and the, the sheep the livestock and the other livestock and my dad kind of uh, call him the he's like the guy at the top of the tree who kind of just oversees everything and just mucks in where's it where is where's required uh, so he took on the responsibility of being brianna's uh, mentor so if Brianna's a hand with any of her college work uh, or any uh, anything like that, she'll kind of go to my dad, and he's kind of the he's the designated one. But um, but then on a on a day to day level, um, Brie, as as she likes to be called, Brie just uh, she just goes and mucks in whatever she requires, um, just because of the nature of livestock, um, she will spend probably most of her time working with the, the cattle and sheep. Uh, because as, as we know, they all need fed and looked after through the winter time. Then it's busy in the springtime with plowing and calving, um, and then she'll be in into those kind of jobs. And then I'll maybe start rocking wild oats and that with her around about June time, and then she'll be more arable and crops orient, orientated through to kind of the end of harvest. And now that's her way back to start uh, working with livestock again. So no, she just really just kind of works where wherever required, just like a farm, a family farming farm is. You know, everyone just kind of mucks in where's required. If you're finished one job, you just see what else are doing done. So no, it's it's been great that way. It's um, no, it, it's really good. And uh, I think to be honest, I think she possibly prefers the livestock kind of thing um, at, at the moment. It's admittedly it's probably a little bit more interesting than than tractors anyway. Yes, yeah. Um, but no, it's like you say, it's just working with the, the seasonality of the business, isn't it? And it gives you, you know, uh, Brianna great variety in our, our work as well. It means she is getting much more experience in various aspects of farming and maybe allowing her to make a decision of where our main interests lie. I, I, I think that's right. I think, I think the approach we would take is kind of not to force them down any particular road. It's kind of bring someone like Brianna on the team and then see where their passions lie. You know, if she's more passionate about livestock, um, well, we'll just encourage that. You know, and because I think if you encourage where the if you encourage their passions, I think they'd generally be happier and more content in their work. You know, rather than being forced to go down a road that you know they don't really want to go down. Um, but but like I said, Brianna's not really faced. A job's a job, and she's happy to do everything, everything and anything kind of thing. And you know, and just and just get on with that. You know, she'll go and do a job, and I think when it kind of comes to the jobs, it's a case of well, my approach with the machinery and the animal side of things is kind of explain what needs done, uh, send her off to do it. If she has a problem, she can she can phone me. Um, but I very much encourage them just to, to a certain extent. You know, just to figure things out and just kind of try and build some experience because. Admittedly, that's what the apprentices don't have, is just it's the experience. But I can't, we don't want to mollycoddle people, and I think the only way to get experience is just to be left to get on with something and see how you get on, pretty much. Yeah, no, you do certainly learn from doing sometimes. It doesn't matter how many times somebody talks you through it, or sometimes there's nothing like learning, just going out there and making a start yourself and 
and seeing where you get to. Well, that, that's um, exactly, yeah. Yeah, and was that sort of your policy sort of right from the start with Brianna? So rather than, you know, as well as try to juggle your own workload, which obviously at peak seasons would be difficult and balance her training, was it more kind of give her jobs that you thought she'd manage and she always knew you were on the end of a phone? Um, Because obviously I know some people with apprentices worry about how you get the work done while, you know, training them and giving them the experiences they need. Um. Yes, yes, that was, um, that's, that's not been a problem. I think it's been very much on-the-job training kind of thing. Um, and it's just been a case, maybe when you come to feeding cattle, um, a lot of feed is fed through the, the feeder wagons. Um, so it's just a case of right, explain how the feeder wagon works, how you you know you weigh things in and then how you, you empty it out and then just kind of leave them to get on with it. Um and it's just been a case of just building experience for her and a confidence at the same time. It's, uh, I, I think, for example, when she started with her, she was only 16. So like last or two harvests ago, she would just have been moving bales, clearing bales out the field so we can get the following crops in in the autumn. And then this year, she had more experience. So then she was more tasked with the, the grain carting, uh, the tractor and trailer jobs which just, you know, that's just more experience. All of a sudden you get the big 16-ton trailers on the main road and then you're working with a bit of time pressure there which you've got to get back to keep the combine moving. Um, like you say, there's nothing more stressful than combine stop. There's not a trailer in the field. So, um, it's uh, so yeah, so it's just been progressing away nicely and then perhaps if she keeps progressing this level, we'll, we'll see how she does with likes of the, the grain drill uh, next autumn kind of thing. Um, so it's just a case of just slowly and surely and just kind of building up the confidence and ex- letting them figure out that there's nothing wrong with making a mistake. As long, long as it doesn't cost thousands, it's okay to make mistakes kind of thing. But, you know, even if you do break something big and expensive, well, you're, you're going to learn a lot and you're not probably not going to do it twice anyway. Yep, no, that is a very good piece of advice. You certainly um, learn from your mistakes. And yeah, interesting there as well, what you say about, you know, more being on the job training. So, you know, if there was um, anybody listening who was maybe thinking about it and concerned, it's interesting to hear that it's more, you know, rather than having to set aside big chunks of the day or anything for training, it's, you know, you find a much more gradual process and then slowly build up um, experience and responsibility from there. So I'm sure that'll be really useful. I think it is. And I I think these, I think the premises, I think these guys, they're a lot more capable than we would give them credit for. I think one example would be we uh, have to, one of our pig buildings is an awkward building, we can't get an Arctic lorry into it. So we have a 30-foot cattle float which we have to load the pigs into that, then transport them to the, the Arctic lorry. Um, and it's one of those jobs, like, I, like myself, if you're all driven tractors and trailers when you're reversing, you either get it first time or you need about five attempts and you still can't get it. So very often, me on a Monday morning, that's what I'm like. If you can't get it, you're like, oh, I still can't get it. I'm like, okay, guys, I'll have to do, just put the pigs on that. Every time, and I, but now I've just said, now Brianna goes and done it because she went or one load, and the guys, the guys were loading the pigs like, Bill, she's much better than you at this job. Can you not just let her come and do it? I'm like, yeah, okay, fine. But, like, but you can go and get the pigs moved now and just, she just gets, you know, she just gets on with it. 
So, yeah, I think it's just giving them the opportunity to shine and not just giving them the, what's, what's it like, you know, the crappy rubbishy job to do, actually just give them and giving them jobs, to, proper jobs to actually see what they're, what they're capable of. But, you know, I mean proper jobs, but I wouldn't send her off spraying or, you know, send her away with the combine. Um, that's maybe just a bit too high risk, but, you know, there are certain jobs there which are important to get done, but there's a, a minimum risk of anything really going wrong. Yeah, no, definitely. It's worth giving them the sort of opportunities at a, you know, um, sensible level to, you know, really let them show you what they, like you say, what they actually can do. And everybody will have their their different skills. So it might be that, you know, you give them an opportunity in one area and you identify that's not a skill set or a key area for them. But likewise, maybe with your own situation there, you find that actually it's something they're highly capable in and can, you know, relieve the pressure from somebody else in that area, which is... Uh, excellent. Well, it does. Well, I think what you find is the apprentices, yeah, are not robotic, but they're very much, um, if you explain what each done, they'll, like Brianna, they'll, Brianna or the apprentices will pretty much do as you've explained. And you're like, oh, okay, maybe what I actually meant was, if you, was this, but because I explained it in a certain way, that's what got done. So I find myself have to be quite, you know, specific if I'm not going to be there when the job's getting done. Um, so I mean, they can uh, they'll do as they as you explained to do. That, that, but that's just kind of I'll improve with experience and say, you know, the next time I say, okay, I'm guessing what Bill actually meant was this or do it this way kind of scenario. Like so, it's um, so yeah. I've just been a few times. I've just been like, oh, okay. I suppose that's what I said to do. But what I actually meant in my head was was this. So yeah, it's a learning experience for myself, and you know and the, the other family members as well. So I think we're all learning, and if anything, it's probably improving our communication skills, if I thought, like, so, yeah, it's okay. good fun. Exactly. No, you make a valid point there that it maybe makes you look at things differently or make you look at how you give instructions and such like or give feedback differently, which I think is definitely um, invaluable. But like you say, the more times somebody does a job, the more you know, they'll get their head around how you refer to it and such like, and it'll only only improve from there. Yes, yeah, oh, definitely, yeah. Yep. So thinking then if there was any other uh, farmers listening in that were maybe looking to take on a modern apprentice, would there be any tips you'd give them, any things you would make them aware of, or would you, you know, would you encourage people to do it? Have you, you know, really felt um, the benefit from your experience? Uh, I, th- I think it's a great thing to do, really, for for everyone, I mean, it, it kind of, you know, from the morale point of view for ourselves, it, it feels good because it feels you're like everyone needs a break. Um, so you're just kind of helping someone, you know, get on the career ladder, so so to speak. Uh, I think, you know, experienced staff are, are great if you can find them. I think what we find in our area or what I was finding was experienced guys um, are like hen's teeth. Um, the really good guys are um, good long-term jobs. Um, and it's just really, really difficult to find them. Um, and where we were working with casual labour, it was getting harder and harder to find casual labour to come and drive tractors uh, in the peak times of year. So it just... You know, so we were starting to cause a bit of stress within our farming business because we were basically relying on 
third parties. So, so now we actually have Brianna. Uh, everything's now working a lot easier because you have the staff here all the time. Um, and I can't really, you know, think of any tips for other people, but I think it's just really just to be open-minded because I think when the apprentice, if I remember correctly, when the apprentice scheme started through Ringlink, um, the first term, the first contract was a six-month contract and we were under no obligation to extend it after six months. Um, that was really a discussion between the apprentice and the employer. Um, so, but Diana got on well, but now she's a, a proper employee of our business. Um, so, yeah, it's just been a it's just been a major success story all around. I could, yeah, I, I would I would recommend it to anyone. It's kind of I think in farming we can all get a bit what's the word stuck in a rut kind of thing, um, thinking that oh no one else can do this job as well as I can, but. Well, like I've learned, there are plenty of people out there who can probably do it better than I can if you just give them half a chance kind of thing. And uh, it's an interesting one. I think a good analogy, isn't it, is from the likes of the football world with uh, ex-manager Manchester United, Alex Ferguson, who was just, you know, he was a genius at finding talented, young, undiscovered uh, football players who who just, you know, developed and just did an amazing job for his football team. And then they then got to a certain level um, at Manchester United and, you know, moved on to even uh, bigger clubs or other challenges. So I can see the farming apprentice way of doing is a bit like that. There are a lot of undiscovered, you know, talent out there um, which would do the agricultural industry just a, you know, just a world of good. So it's just a case of just giving these guys a break and just basically just taking a, a punt with them. Nothing wrong with that, anyway. Yeah, no, definitely not. Some excellent points you make there. Not only is you, know, is you contributing to getting some new blood um, into the industry, which is never a bad thing. And I think you're right that people maybe sometimes just don't need no need to be afraid of these schemes and and you know taking a chance uh, with these young people because we can see from your story that you've told us today that it can pay off and be you know, really successful. And I think there's, you know, statistics there on the number of apprentices that actually remain with the same farming business that they started with. And I think that shows the the success of the scheme. If, you know, get a person well matched to you, it can stand the business in, in good stead for a long time. No, 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 definitely. Definitely. But I suppose one of my thoughts is with the apprentices, I keep thinking back to what I was doing when I was 16. Um, I think farming, well, I'm like 43, so farming's come on a, a long way. But generally, machinery is, because we're all doing so much more work, machinery is generally a lot bigger and a lot more expensive than it, it was back in the, oh, jinks, late 80s, early, uh, or sorry, back in the, the 90s. Uh, I remember when I started ploughing, it was with a, like a 2140, 80-horsepower John Deere tractor and a, a three-furrow reversible plough. Um, but whereas now on the farm, we have a, you know, a cat challenger, um, with a seven-furrow mounted plough. So it's, you know, it's a little bit more daunting um, for the apprentices. So it was probably a bit easier for my dad just to say, right, this is what you do, go away and do it kind of thing. But I think, you know, machinery is a lot more powerful, it's a lot more expensive. If they do have accidents or breakages, they could be expensive. But 
but maybe the younger people are more, what's the word, you know, maybe they're not daunted by the big machines. Maybe it's just a, a natural progression kind of thing. Um, but it's an interesting one. I'm just thinking about the, the training and experience. One thing to do grapple with on the farm here is um, getting the apprentice Brianna trained properly in the sense of how to say how to plow uh, or how to sow grain, how to drill, um, because everything's we're all using GPS systems these days, and a lot more machines are computer controlled by the tractor. Um, so to a certain extent, you could take someone from out of the middle of the town and just put them in the tractor, and as long as they can turn the tractor at the end of the field, all they have to do is just push a button for the guidance, and the tractor would basically do everything. So I just need to figure out a way how we can get our apprentices, you know, just trained to actually, with the traditional skills of ploughing, um, of the kind of grain drilling without using guidance, um, you know, just so they get proper training and they're not just... Um, What's the word? Uh, basically, just someone who turns a tractor at the end of the field. You know, it's just um, they're going to be a lot more about that rather than just kind of pushing buttons and computers. You know, I think so. We'll, we'll, we'll figure that one out this autumn and with the ploughing and such things and see how we go. Yeah, no, that's excellent. But no, it's a very good point you make that you know there is we're maybe losing the traditional skills slightly as we um you know rely more and more on technology and machinery so no i think it's excellent that you're you know trying to to train the young people in your team um in those traditional skills and it'll certainly um stand them in good stead for the future well yeah that's like it's just i should probably just mention just to sort of explain like, the caliber of what brianna is she just she just passed her driving test this morning um, so she passed her driving test with uh, with one minor fault in her test, um, and our instructor told her it was an excellent drive and one of the best tests she's had in a long time. So I think when I passed my test, it was like, yeah, well, there were quite a lot of minor faults in there, but Brianna's passed first time with one minor, which is just generally quite amazing. We're, we're all very pleased for her anyway. Yeah, excellent. And it does just highlight the point we made earlier in the podcast that, you know, it's don't underestimate the the skills and high quality that a modern apprentice, you know, can be. Don't maybe write them off from the start just because they're a bit younger. Um, so, no, certainly it's an excellent oh, point to finish we, we, all, we all started somewhere kind of thing, like, you know, so, and um, if we, I think, I, I think in a, a good analogy is kind of throw them in at the deep end, but with a safety rope attached them so you can pull them out if you need to. Kind of thing. So, um, yeah, let them let them amaze you. That's that's a good one. Yeah. Yeah. No, that's a an excellent note to finish on there. Certainly. Um, but no, thank you very much um, indeed, Bill, for taking the time to talk to us today. It's been really interesting um, to hear your experiences and um, approach uh, with uh, your modern apprentice, and great to hear how well it's worked out for you. Um, it'll be. Some people listen to this uh, podcast that have maybe been thinking about looking into a modern apprentice or making that jump and hopefully hearing the great success story that you've had will maybe give them the confidence um, to take that step. It's great to hear from both speakers to not only find out more about how the scheme operates, but also a success story from a business who has really seen the benefit from employing through the pre-apprenticeship scheme. Thank you.